Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Anatomy and Physiology on the Go podcast, a podcast intended to provide you with brief, important, big picture ideas and concepts in the realm of human anatomy and physiology. I am your host, Gilda Harris, and I'm a professor at St. Philip's College in San Antonio, Texas. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you're made aware of all the newest content that I create. Without further ado, let's get on to the next episode. Today's episode of the Anatomy and Physiology On The Go podcast will complete a multi-part series covering blood. The topic of this episode are platelets and blood clotting. Platelets are small, membrane-bound cell fragments that contain enzymes and other substances important for blood clotting. Platelets are small, anucleated blood cells with a disc-like shape. The function of platelets include releasing important blood clotting chemicals, temporarily patching damaged vessel walls, and reducing the size of breaks in vessel walls. Platelets are short-lived with a lifespan of only 7 to 10 days. Thus, platelets are constantly being produced in a healthy individual. In previous episode, we discussed how white and red blood cells all originate from a common source, the hematopoietic stem cell, known as the hemocytoblast. A hemocytoblast is a blank canvas that can differentiate into any of the red blood cells, white blood cells, or platelets depending on the signal that it receives. A hemocytoblast that receives a signal called multi-CSF will differentiate into a myeloid stem cell. We have previously discussed that a myeloid stem cell then receiving a signal called erythropoietin will ultimately become a red blood cell. A myeloid stem cell receiving a signal called GM-CSF will ultimately differentiate into a granulocyte or monocyte. A myeloid stem cell receiving a signal called thrombopoietin will differentiate into a megokaryocyte. A megokaryocyte is a very large cell that breaks into little fragments known as platelets. A single megokaryocyte can lead to thousands of platelets. Thrombopoietin is an acidic glycoprotein produced primarily in the liver, kidney, and bone marrow. This protein is released in response to a decrease in platelet number. As previously mentioned, platelets have a very short lifespan, so they are constantly being replenished and thrombopoietin is the signal allowing this to happen. People with chronic liver, kidney, or bone marrow disease may have a condition known as thrombocytopenia. Thrombocytopenia is a reduction in circulation of platelets and disease of the liver, kidney, or bone marrow would disrupt the production of thrombocytopenia, thus create less platelets. Platelets are important for blood clotting and people with thrombocytopenia have a hard time stopping any active bleeding that may occur in the body. Hemostasis is a term used for the cessation of bleeding and it has three phases. These phases are vascular phase, platelet phase, and coagulation phase. When a cut occurs in the wall of a blood vessel, the first thing that occurs is the vascular phase. The vascular phase involves spasm of the vascular wall as smooth muscle fibers contract. This vascular spasm occurs to decrease blood loss. Endothelial cells lining the blood vessels release chemical factors to cause the muscle contraction and to ask for help to seal the wound. The endothelial cell at the side of the wound becomes sticky in preparation for the next phase. 
The second phase of hemostasis is the platelet phase. Platelets arrive at the site of injury and stick to the exposed surface of the endothelial cells. This is termed platelet adhesion. More and more platelets arrive and they begin sticking together to form a platelet plug that closes the break in the vessel wall. This step is known as platelet aggregation. The platelets then release a variety of chemicals to promote aggregation, vascular spasm, clotting, and vessel repair. The final phase of hemostasis is known as the coagulation phase. The coagulation phase involves a number of chain reactions in three different pathways known as the extrinsic pathway, the intrinsic pathway, and the common pathway. Both extrinsic and intrinsic involve a complex series of steps that eventually lead to the formation of factor 10, which is an enzyme in the coagulation cascade. Factor 10 starts the common pathway by initiating a process that leads to a proenzyme called prothrombin to convert to an active form called thrombin. Thrombin will then convert fibrinogen to fibrin. Fibrin is an insoluble protein that produces a blood clot. Fibrin acts like a spider web that traps the platelets in a fibrous tangle to keep them in place to seal off the damaged portion of the vessel. The wound is now sealed and bleeding has stopped. Eventually you want the blood clot to dissolve once the vasculature has repaired itself fully. Tissue plasminogen activator is a protease that converts inactive plasminogen to plasmin. Plasmin then digests the fibrin strands to remove the clot. In short, if you cut a vessel, the first thing that happens is the smooth muscle spasm to stop bleeding. Platelets then stick to the endothelium to form a plug while activating the coagulation cascade to form fibrin to seal everything in. To remove fibrin, you need plasmin to be activated. A deep vein thrombosis, also known as a DVT, is a blood clot that forms in a deep vein in your body, usually in your legs. DVT can form due to trauma to the vasculature, having a disease that increases your red blood cell count, cancers that cause an increase in clotting, pregnancy, or most commonly venous stasis from not moving. When someone is on an international flight for several hours and don't move their legs, the blood in the deep veins of their legs may pull due to gravity and lack of movement. Pooling blood may start to coagulate due to the turbulent flow and this can produce a large clot in the deep veins. A DVT may not cause any symptoms or may cause leg swelling or pain. The real emergency occurs if the clot dislodges from the vascular wall and enters the bloodstream as it may go to the lungs and block the pulmonary vasculature. This is called a pulmonary embolism and can be fatal. People that have a blood clot may be given a medication called TPA, which is a tissue plasminogen activator. As we just mentioned, TPA will activate plasmin, which dissolves fibrin clots. One final point before I finish up blood. You may have heard of a stroke. A stroke is a condition that causes brain damage due to issues with blood flow to the brain. There are two types of strokes, ischemic and hemorrhagic. Ischemic strokes are caused by a blockage in the blood flow to the brain, usually by a clot. 
Hemorrhagic strokes are caused by a rupture in the blood vessel in the brain that bleeds excessively causing pressure on the brain. One is due to a clot stopping blood flow. One is caused by excessive bleeding. Would you give TPA to everyone showing signs of a stroke? No, you would not. Giving TPA to someone with a hemorrhagic stroke would cause them to bleed even more. This is why it is imperative to get immediate brain imaging when someone is showing signs of a stroke to determine if it is hemorrhagic or ischemic. If you catch an ischemic stroke in time, you may save someone's life by giving TPA. But if you give TPA to someone with a hemorrhagic stroke, you are only causing additional damage. This concludes our series about blood. As always, please like, subscribe, comment, and share these episodes so that they continue being produced.